What is good, everyone? This is episode number nine of season two for Truth in Love. And this is part two to Executive Order 11490 that we are covering. It is a lengthy executive order, but it is the one that goes into full detail about FEMA and all the departments working together under this executive order to create problem reaction solution. So exactly what we're going through, creating the chaos through the Democratic Party so people will go naturally to the Republican Party for martial law to be implemented so that way martial law is enacted first in the Democratic states and because those are then locked down, then the Republican states are going to get all so-called messed up and then martial law goes there and have an entire takeover. So we're moving closer and closer towards it. So until us people actually wake up and understand that we need to take action to get this out and removed, it's going to continue to make sure we are controlled and locked down and forced into death by the New World Order's illustrious council under Satan. So yes, we are going to continue to keep going in that direction until people actually take it action steps necessary towards that. But until that point, it's going to continue going that route. So, being that said, you should not and you cannot complain about the situation happening. If you are and you're not taking action, shut up. No one cares. No one wants to hear it. That is a firm fact because if you that's something I used to do where I would complain and I would say something and I wouldn't take action. I was a hypocrite. I do not want to see other people become hypocrites, especially during this kind of time that we're in. It's unacceptable. It's disrespectful. And it's so slothful. So if you are that kind of person, you need to change. You need to put that in your life and you need to make that change. And if you don't like what I'm telling you, man, you need to wake up and see reality for what it is. That's what we're here for. We're here for the factual stories with the emotional stories and bringing them together. Okay? The reason I'm, I'm coming out like this is because of the audacity of so many people that'll say certain things, but never ever take action. Now, I sound calmer on my other episodes, for sure. But now, what's really happening is becoming more serious, that people are not actually doing anything. You talk about it, but you don't do anything. You want it taken care of? You want it to go away? Do something about it. Don't just sit on your ass. Okay? Do it. <laughs> like freaking Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Just do it. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, we are... Of course, believers in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior of all. Because it is amazing with all the stories that come forward. Because 99% of these people come from Satan that were either born or adopted or trapped into a system one way or another from the illustrious council. And have gotten out and proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. He died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later. His blood shedding once and for all. Is blood covering for everyone to have real eternal life instead of having the false eternal life that Satan provides. And we are not having any kind of good versus evil coming towards. We're not having this, oh, let's get all spiritual. None of that. Okay? We need to focus on our 
physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and financial. People are, are not understanding the concepts of what is out there of being truthful reality. They're going after what they believe is right, not what is right. If you want to go after what you think is right, you're falling into Satan's trap, which is the illustrious council trap, which is the Illuminati as the same as illustrious council, which is what the Vatican wants you to do, okay? All these people that serve Satan, they're letting you think you're in control by thinking that, oh, this is reality, I'm going to think this way. That's exactly what they want you to do. Exactly what you, they want you to do. And you continue that, and you're, they're going to take everything from you. They will. It's a promised guarantee. I will die on account for that word. Because it has been written, and it is in full force, and in motion, and has been going forward ever since. Okay? Just look. You can't own your house. You can't ever take that. You can't ever own your car. You can't ever physically own anything without the illustrious council using governments to say anything or do anything without their say-so. <laughs> now, a lot of people believe they have these things. Nice house, nice car, family, food, luxurious items, a business, whatever it is. They think they have all these things. If it's anything materialistic, it's not yours. It never has been. It never will be. The only way it will be yours is just for utilization for that specific time. That's it. But everything in this world that's materialistic is utilized one way or another. You do it for good purposes or you do it for bad purposes. But I had to lay that out there because I'm just sick and tired of people thinking that just because they think they know something without doing any research or thinking they're an expert without any experience makes me all the more combative and aggressive towards these types of people because they're very disrespectful, they don't have any kind of knowledge, and they lack respect for someone else. This is a true proven fact. Coming from my own personal experience, coming from seeing others' experience, and by what psychologists from licensed institutions around the world have already concluded. So, being that said, it's your motives at the end of the day. That's what's really going to put into perspective of which side you are on. If you're here to be all spiritual, or you're here just for yourself, this podcast ain't for you, and I don't care if you leave, because I'm not here for people like that. I'm here for people that want the truth. I'm here for people who want the facts. I want people that want the emotional stories attached to them. People that actually understand what reality is. Not by my opinion, not by my standards, but by reality. By the standards of what is truthful facts. We are coming into a time where it's going to be you are for Jesus Christ or you are for Satan, which is the Antichrist. It is one or the other. You make your choice right now. It's not going to be, oh, let me think about it. 
you think about it, and by that time, you've already chosen your side of Satan. Just, that's how it is. Because it's going to boil down to, are you going to accept that mark? Are you really going to take that mark? Because if you do, you lose everything. Okay, let's just put it into perspective. Say you don't believe in the whole Jesus versus Satan. Okay? Well, the mark is already coming. It's happening. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's already been stated and written by the illustrious council. That is fact. And they will take everything with their Antichrist, which has been written down as a fact by them in multiple documents and articles and key witnesses that have actually described about this, have said for a fact that by taking this mark, they take everything from you. They own what you do. They own what you have. They own what you sell. They own what you trade and buy and do everything. Everything. Do you want everything controlled by one entity that does not care one ounce of blood about you? Or one ounce of emotion about you? I wouldn't. But if you want to go that route, you want to take a mark, give up everything, you be my guest, and I'll be partying on the other side, having a great old time with the true king of kings. And you will be utterly tortured every single point for eternity without relief of death. That is where we're headed towards. That is where it's going. And that is exactly what these ex executive orders are doing. So you may think that, oh, these, these are some people that are going to be executed. Well, I, I, at least I'm not going to be in it. Well, actually, yes, it is going to happen. Because at some point, they're going to be like, hey, you might, have, you might turn on us. You're just a number in our system. We'll get you out. Okay, But say they don't do anything. Say you go to the end part. Okay, then you're at the end part of you have to make the choice of taking the mark or not. And when you make that choice, you have to give up everything. Everything. Your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul, your house, your kids, your spouse, your business, your investments, everything. They will take from you and they will own it. That is a proven fact, and that's why we're here. So to move forward upon this and how extremely corrupt and evil this is, let's go ahead and go talk about the Declaration of Independence on why we can stop this. For a specific amount of time, it's going to still happen. What we're going to come up against is still going to happen. It's just right now, nobody doing anything is allowing it to move a lot faster. That's for a fact. So, that being said, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands, which is Republican and Democratic Party, which have connected them with another, the illustrious council, and to assume among the powers of the earth, which is the people, 
The separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, what the people are going to believe, one side or another, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation, which means separation from this current government into our established government by the people. And we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, which is what we are. We are the governed. We get to separate the federal government and everything associated with it from this country. We can do whatever we want with it. We are the ones that are in control, not the illustrious council. But they're using the federal government to move the people and making the people think that they need to be dependent on the system. <laughs> Good luck if you want to be a part of that. Good luck. But we are going to talk about long-term generational wealth and give you a free book at the very end, like we always do. We always do. We always will. With that being said, part 11 through 20 is what we're going to focus on. So with part 11, it's the, the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. Section 1101, Resume of Responsibilities. In addition to the medical stockpile functions identified in Executive Order Number 10958, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering health services, civilian health manpower, health resources, welfare services, social security benefits, credit union operations, and educational programs as defined below. Section 1102. Definitions, as used in this part. 1. Emergency health services means medical and dental care for the civilian population in all of their specialities and adjunct therapeutic fields, and the planning, provision, and operation of first aid stations, hospitals, and clinics. Preventative health services, including detection, identification, and control of communicable diseases, their vectors, and other public health hazards, inspection and control of purity and safety of food, drugs, and biologicals, vital statistics services, rehabilitation and related services for disabled survivors, preventative and curative care related to human exposure to radiological, chemical, and biological warfare agents, preventative and curative care related to human exposure, to radiological, chemical, and biological warfare agents. Basically, that's saying we're, we can lock you down because of the health care side. Sanitary aspects of disposal of the dead, food and milk sanitation, community sold, or excuse me, community solid waste disposal, emergency public water supply, and the determination of the health significance of water population and the provision of other services pertaining to health aspects of water and waterborne wastes as set forth in an agreement between the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare and the Secretary of the Interior approved by the President, pursuant to Reorganization Plan Number 2 of 1966, which 
placed upon the Secretary of the Interior responsibilities for the prevention and control of water pollution. In other words, more control with reorganization plan number two of 1966. Uh, it shall be understood that health services for the purposes of this order, however, do not encompass the following areas for which the Department of Agriculture has responsibility. Plant and animal diseases and pest prevention, control and eradication, wholesomeness of meat and meat products, and poultry and poultry products, and establishments under continuous inspection service by the Department of Agriculture, veterinary biologicals, agricultural commodities, and products owned by the Commodity Credit Corporation or the Secretary of Agriculture, livestock, agricultural commodities stored or harvestable on farms and ranches, agricultural lands and water, and registration of pesticides. Ugh, trust me, I wish I did not see some of these sentences the way that they put them. <laughs> but again, I've said it on previous episodes on the executive order side. They do this for a specific reason. They do it to trip people up so people can't understand it as well. So that way it takes them time to really understand it. So I'm right there in the same boat with you all. I really wish they wouldn't do it. I would put it in different ways so it would be understandable. But again, like I said, it's done this way because of that. But that was just number one of that section. Number two, health manpower means physicians, including osteopaths, dentists, sanitary engineers, registered professional nurses, and such other occupations as may be included in the list of health manpower occupations issued for the purposes of this part by the Director of the Office of Emergency Preparedness after agreement by the Secretary of Labor and the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare. Number three, health resources means manpower, material, and facilities required to prevent the impairment of, improve, and restore the physical and mental health conditions of the civilian population. Number four, emergency welfare services means feeding, clothing, lodging in private and congregate facilities, registration, locating and reuniting families, care of unaccompanied children, care of accompanied children, <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Care of, of unaccompanied children. Care of unaccompanied children. Why would they put that in the executive order? That makes no sense. Unaccompanied children? How would they get separated from their parents in the first place if they're going to be at home? The only other children that are out and about that are unaccompanied are ones that have already been picked up by the pedophile ring and those born in the pedophile ring. So, it's interesting that they put that in there. Care of unaccompanied children means that they get to do with them what they want. The aged, the handicapped, and other groups needing specialized care or services... Old people, disabled people, and they don't like to be politically correct, but people who have a retardation, okay? There's nothing wrong with saying retardation. 
because of the way your tonality is. So for instance, I'll be like, a person's so freaking retarded. See, that's in a negative connotation. Whereas if I say other groups needing specialized care or services, people that are in the group of retardation. Okay. It's not about the word that you are saying to the person. It's how you're saying the word to the person. How you're saying the word to the person is what then becomes that. So everything by what you say is because of how you say it. And that's how people interpret it. So in no way do I mean someone is stupid because of a classification of retardation. It's because they are already in a disability that it has been classified as retardation. Okay? But that doesn't mean that is re just the classification of retardation. There is a specialization for people who have Alzheimer's. Okay? That's not a classic classification of retardation. It's a classification of a process of different lifestyle habits that occurred into the individual also could be from generational causes that happen later in life. So, with, when it says, and other groups needing specialized care or services, it is a wide variety. Those are just a couple examples. And they do refer to it as the group of retardation. Now, with that being said, next is necessary financial or other assistance, counseling and referral services to families and individuals, meaning they're going to continue to mind control them, okay? And they can further create that retardation. The reason why I use retardation as well is because they create that itself. They create those types of individuals to be dumbed down mentally, physically, mentally to be dumbed down. So they are physically dumbed down by doing spiritual things for one. For another, it applies also to generational. So it could come from parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great, it goes on and on and on. There's multiple ways. But being that said, it's so that way they can mind control the individuals even further. Also, aid to welfare institutions under national emergency or post-attack conditions. <laughs> They're businesses, really. And all other feasible welfare aid and services to people in need during a civil defense emergency. Such measures include organization, direction, and provision of services to be instituted before attack, in the event of strategic or tactical evacuation, and after attack in the event of evacuation or of refuge in shelters. Number five, Social Security benefits means the determination of entitlement and the payment of monthly insurance benefits to those eligible. Entitlement? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no one is entitled to receive a monthly payment. No one is. The only reason that's there is what's called the free lunch. Never accept the free lunch. 48 Laws of Power. Okay, 
So one of the books that I recommend to read from the first season is 48 Laws of Power. One of the powers is never accept the free lunch. That's what this is referring to. Never accept the free lunch. So they're saying means the determination of entitlement and the payment of monthly insurance benefits to those eligible. So they can control those people even further on what they can do. And they're putting it as such as workers who have retired because of age or disability and to their dependent wives and children and to the eligible survivors of deceased workers. Really controlling the workforce is what they're putting it towards, of course, but as well as people that are not working, who aren't retired. Retired. It also includes determinations of eligibility and payments made on behalf of eligible individuals to hospitals, home health agencies, extended care facilities, physicians, and other providers of medical services. Number six, credit union operations means the functions of any credit union chartered either by a state or the federal government in stimulating systemic savings by members, the investment and protection of those savings, providing loans for credit union members at reasonable rates and encouraging sound credit and thrift practices among credit union members. Huh. Really curious. Why would they have credit union operations under the health, education, and welfare section? Well, hmm. Let's think about it for a second. Okay? Welfare. Credit. It's more of a credit system for those that are on welfare, those that are on unemployment insurance. It's a way for people to be stuck into the free lunch. Okay? It's because they're talking about, like, for instance, chartered either by a state or the federal government in stimulating systemic savings by members, the investment and protection of those savings, providing loans for credit union members at reasonable rates, and encouraging sound credit and thrift practices among credit union members. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little background on this as well. The reason why they have the thrift section in there, which is a thrift institution, is one of the first types of institutions that were used for banking with traditional, traditional real estate. So the traditional real estate that people understand is not the traditional real estate that was actually there to begin with. Thrift institutions were the very first ones before that for establishing the new type of real estate transaction process. It was the first type of established one out of, you know, the way that real estate transactions were being done for many, many, many years and decades and centuries. <laughs> okay, that's why they have thrift practices among credit union members in there as well. Okay, the reason why I bring that up is because thrift institutions are barely used. It's in the negatives, actually, throughout our country for specific reasons. Because the illustrious council doesn't utilize the industries that the mass public uses. They use the opposite. The ones that are doing well financially are the ones that they profit from, that people go to. And the ones that people don't go to, they work with. Which are the ones that are usually in the negatives. That's one of them. That's not saying all of them are negative. It's just as one of the areas 
thrift institutions that they utilize more than anything for what they do in this country for sure. Uh, number seven, education or training means the organized process of learning by study and instruction, primarily through public and private systems. Section 1103, health functions with respect to emergency health services as defined above and in connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs and operation of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952, Secretary of Health, Education and Welfare shall 1. Professional training. Develop and direct a nationwide program to train health, health manpower both in professional and technical occupational content in, and in civil defense knowledge and skills. Develop and distribute health education material for inclusion in the curricula of schools, colleges, professional schools, government schools, and other educational facilities throughout the United States. Develop and distribute civil defensive information relative to health services to states, voluntary agencies, and professional groups. Okay, now, this means that they've said this multiple times in other parts of other departments using the same type of language. They just rearranged some of the words there for other departments to have that sector of control. So that way they have ultimate control over the entirety with the different departments. Number two, emergency public water supply. Prepare plans to assure the provision of usable water supplies for human consumption and other essential community uses in an emergency. This shall include inventorying existing community water supplies, playing for other alternative sources of water for emergency uses, settling standards relating to human consumption, and planning community distribution. In carrying on these activities, the department shall have primary responsibility but will make maximum use of the resources and competence of state and local authorities, the Department of the Interior, and other federal agencies. Number three, radiation. Develop and coordinate programs of radiation measurement and assessment as may be necessary to carry out the responsibilities involved in the provision of emergency health services. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you don't understand that, the best way I can put this is that they literally look over how much radiation there is and provide the correct emergency health services for it by developing and coordinating the correct activities that are called programs. Four, biological and chemical warfare. Develop and coordinate pro programs for the prevention and detection, uh, detection and identification of humans' exposure to chemical and biological warfare agents as may be necessary to carry out the responsibilities involved in the provision of emergency health services, including the provision of guidance and consultation to federal, state, and local authorities on measures for minimizing the effects of biological or chemical warfare. Five, food drugs, and biologicals. Plan and direct national programs for the maintenance of purity and safety in the manufacture and distribution of food, drugs, and biologicals in an emergency. 6. Disabled Survivors 
Prepare national plans for emergency operations of vocational rehabilitation and related agencies and for measures and resources necessary to rehabilitate and make available for employment those disabled persons among the surviving population. Section 1104, Welfare Functions. With respect to emergency welfare services as defined above, and in connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952, Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare shall 1. Federal Support Cooperate in the development of federal support procedures through joint planning with other departments and agencies, including but not limited to the Post Office Department, the Department of Labor, and the Selective Service System, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and resource agencies, including the Department of Agriculture, the Department of the Interior, and the Department of Commerce, for logistic support of state and community welfare services in an emergency. 2. Emergency Welfare Training Okay, number one was federal support. So basically, they're just they're using the federal government to support the welfare system. Two, emergency welfare training. Develop and direct a nationwide program to train emergency welfare manpower for the execution of the functions set forth in this part. Develop war, excuse me, develop welfare educational materials, including self-help program materials for use with welfare organizations and professional schools, and develop and distribute civil defense information relative to emergency welfare services to states, voluntary agencies, and professional groups. 3. Financial aid. Develop plans and procedures for financial assistance to individuals injured or in want as a result of an enemy attack and for welfare institutions in need of such assistance in an emergency. 4. Non-combatant evacuees. For the continental United States, develop plans and procedures for assistance at ports of entry to U.S. personnel evacuated from overseas areas, their onward movement to final destination, and follow-up assistance for after arrival at final destination. Section 1105, Special Security Functions. With respect to Social Security, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare shall 1. Social Security Benefits. Develop plans for the continuation or restoration of benefit payments to those on the insurance rolls as soon as possible after a direct attack upon the United States and prepare plans for the acceptance and disposition of current claims for Social Security benefits. <laughs> like, what? They're saying, hey, you can collect up on your Social Security, but it's not actually there, so... Oh, well. That's what it's going to come to for that portion. Number two, health insurance. Develop plans for the payment of health insurance plan, or excuse me, health insurance claims for reimbursement for items or services provided by hospitals, physicians, and other providers of medical services submitted by or on behalf of individuals who are eligible under the Medicare program. Section 1106, credit union functions. <laughs> More in-depth on these credits. With respect to credit union functions, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare shall 1. Credit union operations. Provide instructions to all state and federally chartered credit unions for the development of emergency plans to be put into effect as soon as possible after an attack upon the United States in order to guarantee continuity of credit union operations.
Number two, economic stabilization. Provide guidance to credit unions that will contribute to stabilization of the nation's economy by helping to establish and maintain a sound economic base for combating inflation, maintaining confidence in public and private financial institutions, and promoting thrift. Section 1107, Education Functions. With respect to education, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare shall. 1. Program guidance. Again, a lot of these things are going to be sounding about the same. They're just changing up some of the words associated to what's going to what. So that way they, carry, they cover all areas. The program guidance. Develop plans and issue guidance for the continued function of educational systems under all conditions of national emergency. Although extraordinary circumstances may require the temporary suspension of education, plans should provide for its earliest possible resumption. 2. Educational Adjustment Plan to assist civilian educational institutions, both public and private, to adjust to, to adjust to demands laid upon them by a large expansion of government activities, excuse me, of government activities during any type of emergency. Meaning they want to control even the private sectors. <laughs> even at home, even the homeschooling, which is considered private. This includes advice and assistance to schools, colleges, universities, and other educational institutions whose facilities may be temporarily needed for federal, state, or local government programs in an emergency, or whose faculties and student bodies may be affected by the demands of a sudden or long-standing emergency. Number three, post-attack recovery. Develop plans for the rapid restoration and resumption of education at all levels after an attack. This includes assistance to educators and educational institutions to locate and use surviving and use surviving facilities, equipment, supplies, books, and educational personnel. Particular emphasis shall be given to the role of educational institutions and educational leadership in reviving education and training and skills needed for post-attack recovery. Four, civil defense education. In connaissance with national civil defense plans, programs, and operations of the Department of Defense, develop and issue instructional materials to assist schools, colleges, and other educational institutions to incorporate emergency protective measures and civil defense concepts and into their programs. This includes assistance to various levels of education to develop an understanding of the role of the individual, family, and community for civil defense in the nuclear age. Uh, control over the person, the family, and the community. Do you really do? You, do you still really want to? You still really want to go into the new world order, into the illustrious council, into Satan's world? <laughs> this is where it's heading. I don't want to be a part of it. That's why I'm exposing this. <laughs> but anyway, part 12, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Section 1201. Resume of responsibilities. The Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering all aspects of housing, community facilities, related to housing, and urban development, except the housing assets under the jurisdiction and control of the Department of Defense, other than those 
leased for terms not in excess of one year, shall be and remain the responsibility of the Department of Defense. Section 1202, definition, as used in this part. 1. Emergency housing means any and all types of accommodations used as dwellings in an emergency. 2. Community facilities related to housing means installations necessary to furnish water, sewer, electric, and gas services between the housing unit or project and the nearest practical source or servicing point. 3. Urban development means the building or restoration of urban community, suburban, and metropolitan areas, except transportation facilities, which was already covered. Section 1203, Housing and Community Facilities Functions. The Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall, 1. New Housing. Develop plans for the emergency construction and management of new housing and the community facilities related thereto, to the extent that it is determined that it may be necessary to provide for such construction and management with public funds and through direct federal action, and to the extent that which construction of new housing may have to be provided through federal financial or credit assistance. Two. Okay, number one was about new housing. Two, community facilities. Develop plans to restore community facilities related to housing affected by an emergency through the repair of damage, the construction of new facilities, and the use of alternate or backup facilities. Section 1204, Urban Del urban development functions the secretary of housing and urban yeah, and urban development shall one regional cooperation encourage regional emergency planning and cooperation among state and local governments with respect to problems of housing and metropolitan development two vulnerability and redevelopment in cooperation with the office of emergency preparedness develop criteria and provide guidance for the design and location of housing and communities facilities related to housing to minimize the risk of loss under various emergency situations, develop criteria for emergency, or excuse me, develop criteria for determining which areas should be redeveloped in the event of a loss or severe damage resulting from emergencies. Section two, or excuse me, 1205, def civil defense functions. In consonance with National Civil Defense Plans, Programs, and Operations of the Department of Defense under Executive Order Number 10952, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall 1. Transitional activities. Develop plans for the orderly transfer of people from fallout shelters and from billets or billets to temporary or permanent housing, including advice and guidance for state and local government agencies in the administration thereof. These plans shall be coordinated with national plans and guidance for emergency welfare services of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. Two, okay, one, that was transitional activities. Two, temporary housing. Develop plans for the emergency repair and restoration for use of damaged housing for the construction and management of emergency housing units and the community facilities related thereto for the emergency use of tents and trailers, and for the emergency conversion for dwelling use of non-residential structures, such activities to be financed with public funds through direct federal action or through financial or credit assistance. Meaning, they're going to put people into these concentration camps that are tents, like District 9, <laughs> and they're going to be using taxpayer dollars, so your wealth, our wealth, to fund that so that way they can push people into it. And number three, shelter. In conformity with national shelter policy, assist in the development of plans to encourage the construction of shelters for both old and new housing. 
and develop administrative procedures to encourage the use of low-cost design and construction techniques to maximize pr protection in connection with national programs. Basically what that means for the housing section is that we've covered the politics, we've covered the finance, we've covered the business, we've covered the materials, we've covered the resources, we've covered it all over. So literally they move you out, so-called build new houses, and keep people in these concentration camps, eliminate those, and then make people think they're going to have some freedom later on and put them back into these new houses. But part 13 is Department of Transportation, section 1301, resume of responsibilities. The Secretary of Transportation, in carrying out his responsibilities to exercise leadership in transportation matters, affecting the national defense and those involving national or regional transportation emergencies, shall prepare emergency plans and develop preparedness programs covering 1. Preparation and promulgation. Promulgation. <laughs> Preparation and promulgation of overall national policies, plans, and procedures related to providing civil transportation of all forms, air, ground, water, and pipelines, including public storage and warehousing, except storage of petroleum and gas and agricultural food resources, including cold storage. Provided that plans for the movement of petroleum and natural gas through pipelines shall be the responsibility of the Secretary of the Interior, except to the extent that such plans are part of the functions vested in the Secretary of Transportation by law. 2. Movement of passengers and materials of all types by all forms of civil transportation. Movement of passengers and materials of all types by all forms of civil transportation? What is this, if not betrayal? <laughs> Number 3. Determination of the proper apportionment and allocation for control and the of the total civil transportation capacity, or any portion thereof, to meet overall essential civil and military needs. 4. Determination and, identi and identification of the transportation resources available and required to meet all degrees of national emergencies and regional transportation emergencies. Number five, assistance to the various states, the local political subdivisions thereof, and non-governmental organizations and systems engaged in transportation activities in the preparation of emergency plans, rehabilitation and recovery of the nation's transportation systems, and seven, provisions for port security and safety. Excuse me, number six was rehabilitation and recovery of the nation's transportation systems. But seven is provisions for port security and safety, for AIDS for maritime navigation, and for search and rescue and law enforcement over, upon, and under the navigable waters of the United States and the high seas. <laughs> this really is going into New World Order. Oh, and an update, there are executive orders just like this in China. So with that being said, there's most likely executive orders like this in Germany, England, France, Italy, and Austria. As far as as far as I'm aware, because it's where the illustrious council will be. Well, a lot of the main families, mainly Rothschilds, are there, but a lot of the main families are in the European Middle Eastern area. Section 1302, Transportation and Planning Coordination. Functions. In carrying out the provisions of Section 1301, the Secretary of Transportation, with assistance and support of the 
of federal of other federal state and local government agencies and the, and the transport industries as appropriate shall one obtain assemble and analyze and evaluate data on current and projected emergency requirements of all claimants for all forms of transportation to meet the needs of the military and of the civil economy and on current and projected civil transportation resources of all forms available to the United States to move passengers or materials in an emergency. Two, develop plans and procedures to provide under emergency conditions for the collection and analysis of passenger and cargo movement demands as they relate to the capabilities of the various forms of transport, including the periodic assessment of overall transport resources available to meet emergency requirements. Three, conducting a continuing analysis of transportation requirements and capabilities in relation to economic projections for the purpose of initiating actions and or recommending incentive and or regulatory programs designed to stimulate government and industry improvement of the structure of the transportation system for use in an emergency. Four, develop systems for the control of the movement of passengers and cargo by all forms of transportation except for those resources owned by, controlled by, or under the jurisdiction of the Department of Defense, including allocation of resources and assignment of priorities, and develop policies, standards, and procedures for emergency enforcement of these controls. How do you like that? Even controlling the traffic system. We went over that in previous executive orders, but this is more of the detailed focus of all the departments. Section 1303, Departmental Emergency Transportation Preparedness. Except for those resources owned by, controlled by, or under the jurisdiction of the Department of Defense, the Secretary of Transportation shall prepare emergency operational plans and programs for and develop a, capa a capability to carry out the transportation operating responsibilities assigned to the department, including but not limited to. Meaning this is what they're doing to prepare. Number one, allocating air carrier civil air transportation capacity and equipment to meet civil and military requirements. Two, emergency management, including construction, reconstruction, and maintenance of the nation's civil airports, civil aviation operating facilities, civil aviation services, and civil aircraft, other than air carrier aircraft, except manufacturing facilities. Number three. Emergency management of all federal, state, city, local, and other highways, roads, streets, bridges, tunnels, and upper tenant structures, including A. The adaption, development, construction, reconstruction, and maintenance of the nation's highway and street systems to meet emergency requirements so they can demolish any roads that they want to make new ones. B, the, the protection of the traveling public by assisting state and local authorities and in informing them of the dangers of travel through ha hazardous areas, <laughs> which is where they're going to say, don't go here because this is not New World Order territory. C, the regulation of highways traffic in an emergency through a national program in cooperation with all federal, state, and local governmental units or other agencies concerned basically regulating how people get to move about on the on the roads. Number 4, emergency plans for urban mass transportation including a providing guidance to urban communities in their emergency mass transportation planning efforts either directly or through state, regional or metropolitan agencies. <laughs> Excuse me, coordinate B is coordinating all such emergency plan 
planning with the Department of Housing and Urban Development to assure compatibility with emergency plans for all other aspects of urban development, and C, maintaining an inventory of urban mass transportation systems. Basically having control of the mass transportation in the cities, besides the highways. Five, maritime safety and law enforcement over, upon, and under the high seas and waters, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States in the following specific programs. A, safeguarding vessels, harbors, ports, waterfronts, facilities from destruction, loss or injury, accidents or other causes of a similar nature. B, safe passage over, upon, and under the high seas and United States waters through effective and reliable systems of aids of to navigation in ocean stations. C. Waterborne access to icebound locations in furtherance of national economic, scientific, defense, and consumer needs. D. Protection of lives, property, natural resources, and national interests through enforcement of federal law and timely assistance. <sighs> e. Safety of life and property through regulation of commercial vessels their officers and crew, and administration of maritime safety law. F. Knowledge of the, of the sea, its boundaries, and its resources through collection and analysis of data and the support of the national interest. G. Operational readiness for essential wartime functions. Basically, number five is control over the sea and anything that has to do with it around the United States. Six, planning for the emergency management and operation of the Alaska Railroad and for the continu and continuity of railroad and petroleum pipeline safety programs. Seven, planning for the emergency operation and maintenance of the United States controlled sections of the St. Lawrence Seaway. And that is where we're going to pause for right now. We're going to get back onto part 14, finish up with the rest of the parts. And it's not much more, so just sit tight. Gonna hear a word from our sponsor, <laughs> me. <laughs> and we're gonna get right back into this and we're gonna finish it up. Then we're gonna go over that long-term generational wealth with some awesome, awesome new content. So stay tuned. All right, welcome back everyone. We appreciate you all listening in. And of course, if you are listening on to another source for this podcast, uh, I, we do appreciate you coming to listen on Anchor. It actually supports what we're doing over other podcasts. Okay, The reason why we chose Anchor for a reason is because they're not related to the illustrious council, not related to the satanic elite. So going to listen on anchor.fm slash Tim-Beacham, that's B-E-A-C-H-A-M, going on there, is going to really help support this podcast because we get paid on this pod podcast for really giving this free information. <laughs> we don't, nobody pays us to do this. Okay, nobody pays me for this. I do this out of my free, given, awesome time because I want to do this, not because I have to, because I want to. And not only on top of that, but listening on to other podcasts. It kind of limits to the exposure of really getting this podcast up and going. So please, if you have the ability to download, and everybody does, if you don't, you'll need to upgrade your phone. 
If you can't do that right now, it's understandable. We're all in struggling positions one way or another. If you're not and you have the money, don't be so stingy. Get yourself a new phone, get the app, and listen on there. It helps this podcast grow more. So that way people get on this, not my account, but this app, people can utilize this instead of being a part of the illustrious council businesses. Okay, But if you want to stay on those other podcasts, we don't have any problem with it. We don't have, we're not saying we don't recommend them. We're just saying we recommend listening on to Anchor so it supports us more than listening on other podcasts. But with that being said, we're moving on to part 14, which is Atomic Energy Commission. So that was my atomic energy coming out, saying help us out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we do appreciate you listening in either way. We do love it. But section 1401, functions. The Atomic Energy Commission shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs for the continuing conduct of atomic energy activities of the federal government. These plans and programs shall be designed to develop a state of readiness in these areas with respect to all conditions of national emergency, including attack upon the United States, and consistent with the applicable provisions of the Atomic Energy Act of 1954, as amended, shall be closely coordinated with the Department of Defense and the Office of Emergency Preparedness. The Atomic, Emer the Atomic Energy Commission shall. Basically, they're just talking about, this is what we're going to do for our functions. Number one, production. Continue or resume in an emergency essential. A. Manufacture, development, and control of nuclear weapons and equipment, except to the extent that the control over such weapons and equipment shall have been transferred to the Department of Defense. B. Development and technology related to reactors. C. Process development and production of feed material, special nuclear materials, and other special products. D. Related raw materials, procurement, processing, and development, and repair. Excuse me. And E. Letter E. Repair, maintenance, and construction related to the above. Number two, regulation. Continue or resume in an emergency. A. Controlling the possession, use, transfer, import, and export of atomic materials and facilities. And B. Ordering the operation of suspension of licensed facilities and recapturing from licenses where necessary. Special nuclear materials whether related to military support or civilian activities. That is a regulation. Three, public health and safety. <laughs> Shut down where required in anticipation of an imminent enem enemy attack on the United States and maintain under surveillance all commission-owned facilities which could otherwise constitute a significant hazard to public health and safety and ensure the development of appropriate emergency plans for nuclear reactors and other nuclear activities licensed by the commission, whether privately owned or government owned. Four, scientific, technical, and public atomic energy information. Organize, reproduce, and disseminate appropriate public atomic energy information and scientific and technical reports and data relating to nuclear science research. Development, engineering, applications, and effects to interested government agencies, the scientific and technical communities, and approved, friendly, and cooperating foreign nations. 
Number five, International Atomic, Atomic Energy Affairs. Maintain in consultation with the Department of State essential liaison with foreign nations with respect to activities of mutual interest involving atomic energy. Number six, health services assist the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare consistent with the above requirements. In integrating into civilian health programs in an emergency, the Commission's remaining health manpower and facilities not required for the performance of the Commission's essential emergency functions. 7. Priorities and Allocations Plan for the administration of any priorities and allocations authority delegated to the Atomic Energy Commission. Authorize procurement and production schedules and make allotments of controlled materials pursuant to program determinations of the Office of Emergency Preparedness. So yes, atomic energy isn't very vast. But Part 15 is moving on to Civil Aeronautics Board. Section 1501 Definitions as used in this part. 1. War Air Service Program, here and after referred to as WASP, means the program designed to provide for the maintenance of essential civil air routes and services, and to provide for the distribution and redistribution of air carrier aircraft coming, or excuse me, among civil air transportation carriers after withdrawal of aircraft allocated to the Civil Reserve Air Fleet meaning their WASP program, or that's really saying War Air Service Program program. <laughs> but yes, this program literally is so that way. If anything happens, we got aircraft to help us out. Two, Civil Reserve Air Fleet. So that way, if anything happens to their WASPs, they have CROF. <laughs> it does literally say here and after referred to as CROF, C-R-A-F means those air carrier aircraft allocated by the Secretary of Transportation to the Department of Defense to meet essential military needs in the event of an emergency. Section 1502 Functions The Civil Aeronautics Board, under the, con under the coordinating authority of the Secretary of Transportation, shall 1. Distribution of aircraft Develop plans and be prepared to carry out such distribution and redistribution of all air carrier civil aircraft allocated by the Secretary of Transportation among the civil air transport carriers, as may be necessary to ensure maintenance of essential civil routes and services under WASP operations after the CROF requirements have been met. Meaning, they got to get their CROF set so the WASP can attack. Number two, economic regulations. Develop plans covering route authorizations and operations, tariffs, rates, and fares charged the public, mail rates, government compensation and subsidy and accounting and contracting procedures essential to WASP operations. Three, operational controls and priorities. Develop, develop plans and procedures for the administration of operational controls and priorities of passenger and cargo movement in connection with the utilization of area care of air carrier aircraft for WASP purposes in an emergency. Four, investigation. Maintain the, maintain the capability to investigate violations of emergency economic regulations affecting air carrier operations. Five, contracting. Prepare to perform as a contracting agency. If such an agency is necessary in connection with distribution and redistribution of aircraft for WASP. Part 16. Yes, part 15 is pretty 
small, but it's literally just saying this is our air support. The part 16, export import Bank of the United States. This is their ultimate control of the resources. Section 1601, functions. A, under guidance of the Secretary of the Treasury, the Export-Import Bank shall develop plans for the utilization of the resources of the bank or other resources made available to the bank, an expansion of the productive capacity but broad for essential materials, foreign barter arrangements, acquisition of emergency imports, and in support of the domestic economy or any other plans designed to strengthen the relative position of the nation and its allies. B. In carrying out the guidance functions described above, the Secretary of the Treasury shall consult with the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Commerce as appropriate. Yes, that's literally all Part 16 is. So why don't we just cover that real quick so it makes sense. So it says here, under, under guidance of the Secretary of the Treasury, okay, because they're the ones that are in control of the money supply, the Export-Import Bank shall develop plans for the utilization of the resources of the bank, okay, meaning they're going to make the plans for the New World Order on how the resources are going with that bank, which is connected to all the other banks in the world, or the resources made available to the bank, again, an expansion of productive capacity abroad for essential materials, okay, that relates to New World Order, foreign barter arrangements, okay, again, that's going into the New World Order, to connecting it all, acquisition of emergency imports, okay, that's to make sure all emergency imports are available in every single country, including the United States, and in support of the domestic economy, the United States, or any other plans designed to strengthen the related position of the nation and its allies, meaning to create new world order for the globalization. And then B, in carrying out the guidance functions described above, the Secretary of Treasury shall consult with the Secretary of State and Secretary of Commerce as appropriate. So Secretary of State and Secretary of Commerce get to decide what happens. Well, the Secretary of Treasury gets to decide what happens, but they consult with the state and the commerce. Part 17, Federal Bank Supervisory Agencies. Section 1701, Financial Plans and Programs. The Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. The, com the, comp the Comptroller of the Currency. The Federal Home Loan Bank Board. The Farm Credit Administration. And the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which is FDIC, shall participate with the Office of Emergency Preparedness. The Department of the Treasury and other agencies in the Fountain in the formulation of emergency financial and stabilization, and stabilization policies. The heads of such agencies shall, as appropriate, develop emergency plans, programs, and regulations in connaissance with national emergency financial and stabilization plans and policies to cope with potential economic effects of mobilization or an attack, including but not limited to the following. 1. Money and Credit provision and regulation of money and credit in accordance with the needs of the economy, including the acquisition, decentralization, and distribution of emergency supplies of a currency, the collection of cash items and non-cash items, and the conduct of fiscal agency in foreign operations. 2. Financial institutions. 
provision for the continued or resumed operation of banking, savings, and loan, and farm credit institutions, including measures for the recreation of evidence of assets or liabilities destroyed or inaccessible. 3. Liquidity. Provision of liquidity necessary to the continued or resumed operation of banking, savings and loan, credit unions, and farm credit institutions, including those damaged or destroyed by the enemy action. <laughs> Meaning they get to liquidate their damage. Like, how, man? <laughs> they can liquidate everything. They touch it, boop, liquidated. Four, cath, <laughs> cath. Cash withdrawals and credit transfers. Regulation of the withdrawal of currency and the transfer of credits, including deposit and share account balances. Five, insurance. Provision for the assumption and discharge of liability pertaining to insured deposits and insured savings accounts or withdrawable shares in banking and savings and loan institutions destroyed or made insolvent. And section 1702, sharing of war losses. Heads of agencies shall, as appropriate, get this, participate with the Office of Emergency Preparedness, FEMA, and the Department of the Treasury in the development of policies, plans, and procedures for implementation of national policy on sharing war losses. <laughs> Another way of saying we're going to liquidate our losses from the war. Part 18. Yes, Part 17 is a little short as well. Part 18. Federal Communications Commission, FCC. Section 1801, definitions as used in this part. 1. Common carrier means any person subject to commission regulation engaged in providing for use by the public, for hire, interstate, or foreign communications facilities or services by wire or radio. But a person engaged in radio broadcasting shall not, in so far as such person is so engaged, be deemed a common carrier. 2. Broadcast facilities means those stations licensed by the Commission for the dissemination of the radio communications intended, by, intended to be received by the public directly or by the intermediary of relay stations, meaning they're already controlled media stations like CNN, Fox News, which is actually now owned by Disney, so yes, it's now controlled media. Tucker Carlson is one of the few that isn't, <laughs> thankfully. Three, safety and special radio services includes those non-broadcast and non-common carrier services which are licensed by the commission under the, under the generic designation safety and special radio services pursuant to the commission's rules and regulations. <laughs> safety and special radio services. Get out of here. Section 1802, functions. This is what they're going to do. The Federal Communications Commission is shall develop policies, plans, and procedures in cognizance with national telecommunications plans and policies developed pursuant to Exe Executive Order Number 10705, Executive Order 10995, Executive Order 11051, the Presidential Memorandum of August 21st, 1963, Establishment of the National Communications System, and other appropriate authority covering 1. Common Carrier Service a. Extension, discontinuance, or reduction of common carrier facilities or services and issuance of appropriate authorizations for such facilities, services, and personnel in an emergency. 
and control of all rates, charges, practices, classifications, and regulations for service to government and non-government users during an emergency in connaissance with overall national economic stabilization policies. B. Development and administration of priority systems for public correspondence and for the use and resumption of least intercity private line service in an emergency. Controlling the private lines? What? They are going to hear everybody even more so than what the NSA does. <laughs> they're literally, they're going to physically go into it this time. <laughs> C, use of common carrier facilities and services to oversee points to meet vital needs in an emergency. And that was common carrier service for one of their functions. Two, broadcasting service. Construction, activation, or deactivation of broadcasting facilities and services. The, con the continuation or suspension of broadcasting services and facilities and issuance of appropriate authorizations for such facilities, services, and personnel in an emergency. Three, safety and special radio services. Authorization, operation, and use of safety and special radio services, facilities, and personnel in the national interest in an emergency. Four, radio frequency assignment. Assignment of radio frequencies to and their use by commission licenses in an emergency. Five, electromagnetic radiation. Closing of any radio type or any device capable of emitting electromagnetic radiation or suspension or amending any rules or regulations applicable thereto in any emergency except for those belonging to or operated by any department or agency of the United States government. Meaning they can even control what you got, what you're using. I mean, they already do. But this is more of a saying that we're going to still control it even more. You can't use it. This is a direct attack that you cannot touch and use it is what they're saying and number six investigation and enforcement investigation of violations of pertinent law and regulations in an emergency and development of procedures designated to initiate recommend or otherwise bring about appropriate enforcement actions required in the interest of national security don't you just love how they're trying to have full control here's one of the shortest sections part 19 federal power commission functions this is literally the only thing for it. Section 1901. The Federal Power Commission shall assist the Department of the Interior in conformity with Part 7 in the preparation of national emergency plans and the development of preparedness programs for electric power and natural gas in the areas as set forth in a memorandum of agreement dated August 9, 1962 between the Secretary of the Interior and the Chairman of the Federal Power Commission. So Part 17 which is of this executive order, is what they conform with here for their power of the commission, which is the Federal Power Commission. And part 20, our last one we're going to stop at before we go into our long-term generational wealth. And then we're going to continue with 21 to 30 on the next part of this executive order. Now, section 2001, resume of responsibilities. The Administrator of General Services shall prepare national emergency plans and develop preparedness programs designed to permit modification or expansion of the activities of the General Services Administration under the Federal Property and Administrative Services Act of 1949, as amended and other statutes prescribing the duties and responsibilities of the Administrator. These plans and programs shall include, but not limited to, 1. 
Operation, maintenance, and protection of federal buildings and their sites. Construction, alteration, and repair of public buildings. And acquisition, utilization, and disposal of real and personal properties. <laughs> Meaning they get to control the plants. Public Number two, public utility service management for federal agencies. Three, telecommunications to meet the essential requirements of civilian activities of executive departments and agencies. Four, transportation management to meet the traffic service requirements of civilian activities of federal agencies. Five, records management. Six, emergency federal register. Seven, government-wide supp supply support. Eight, service to survival items stockpiles. Nine, national industrial, or excuse me, national industrial reserve. Ten, guidance and consultation to the government agencies regarding facilities protection measures. 11. Administration of assigned functions under the Defense Production Act. And 12. Administration and operation of the stockpile of strategic and critical materials in accordance with policies and guidance furnished by the Office of Emergency Preparedness. Section 2002. Functions. Okay, They just talked about what they control. Here are their functions of what they do. The Administrator of General Services shall, number one, public buildings, develop emergency plans and procedures for the operation, maintenance, and protection of both existing and new federally owned and federally occupied buildings and construction, alteration, and repair of public buildings. Develop emergency operating procedures for the control, acquisition, and assignment and priority of occupancy of real property by the federal government and by state and local governments to the extent that they may be performing functions as agents of the federal government. Two, public utility service management. Develop emergency operational plans and procedures for the claimancy, procurement, and use of public utility services for emergency activities of executive agencies of the government. Three, communications. Plan for and provide operate, and maintain appropriate telecommunications facilities designed to meet the essential requirements of federal civilian departments and agencies during an emergency within the framework of the national communications system. Plans and programs of the administrator shall be in conscience with national telecommunications policies, plans, and programs developed pursuant to Executive Order Number 10705, Executive Order Number 10995, Executive Order Number 11051, and the Presidential Memorandum of August 21st, 1963, Establishment of the National Communications System or Other Appropriate Authority. And that was communications. Number four, transportation. Develop plans and procedures for providing A. General transportation and traffic management services to civilian activities of federal agencies in connection with movement of property and supplies, including the claimancy, contracting, routing, and accounting of government shipments by commercial transportation in time of emergency, and B. Motor vehicle service to meet the administrative needs of federal agencies, including dispatch and scheduled government motor service at and between headquarters, field offices, relocation sites, and other installations of the federal and state governments. Yeah. Yes, even control over our cars, more so than what they already do now. So if you don't have your title in your hands, you don't own the car, do you?
until you have the title, it ain't yours. <laughs> Number five, records. Provide instructions and advice on appraisal, selection, preservation, arrangement, reference, reproduction, storage, and salvage of essential records needed for the operation of the federal government after attack on an emergency basis, including the decentralized system. Six, federal register. Develop emergency pr procedures for providing and making available on a decentralized basis. A federal register of presidential proclamations and executive orders. Federal administrative regulations. Federal emergency notices and actions, and acts of Congress during a national emergency. Okay. We're going to get into, of course, how this actually absolves the Congress for six months. Well, excuse me, not absolves. Dissolves Congress for six months of doing anything with these executive orders. We're going to get into it, of course. So... It's not to confuse with the fact of what we're saying right now, which says, and acts of Congress during a national emergency as part of the Federal Register to develop emergency procedures. Okay, we're going to get into it, of course. Number seven, government-wide procurement and supply. Prepare plans and procedures for the coordination and or operation of government-wide supply programs to meet the requirements of federal agencies under emergency conditions including the development of policies, methods, and procedures for emergency procurement and for emergency requisitioning of private property when authorized by law and competent authority, identification of essential civil agency supply items under the federal catalog system, development of emergency federal specifications and standards, determination of sources of supply, procurement of personal property and non-personal services, furnishing appropriate inspection and contract administration services, and establishment, coordination, and or operation of emergency storage and distribution facilities. That was number seven, government-wide procurement and supply. Number eight, survival item stockpiles. Assist the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare insofar as civil defense medical stockpile items under its jurisdiction are concerned. Huh. Wonder why they would put that in there. Insofar as civil defense medical stockpile, civil defense medical stockpile, come on. And the Department of Defense, insofar as survival items under its jurisdiction are concerned, in formulating plans and programs for service activity, support relating to stockpiling of such supplies and equipment. The administrator shall arrange for the procurement, storage, maintenance, inspection, survey, withdrawal, and disposal of supplies and equipment in accordance with the provisions of interagency agreements with departments concerned. Meaning all the departments they get to control. <laughs> Number nine, National Industrial Reserve and Machine Tool Program. Develop plans for the custody of the industrial plants and production equipment of the National Industrial Reserve and assist the Department of Defense in collaboration with the Department of Commerce in the development of plans and procedures for the, for the disposition, emergency reactivation, and utilization of the plants and equipment of this reserve in the custody of the administrator. And that's National Industrial Reserve and Machine Tool Program. Number 10 is excess and surplus real and personal property. Develop plans and emergency operating procedures for the utilization of excess and surplus 
real and personal property by federal government agencies with emergency assignments or by state and local governmental units as directed, including review of the property holdings of federal agencies which do not possess emergency functions to determine the availability of property for emergency use, and including the disposal of real and personal property and the rehabilitation of personal property. And that was excess and surplus real and personal property. 11. Facilities Protection and Building and Shelter Manager Service. In accordance with the guidance from the Department of Defense, promotes with respect to federal buildings and installations a government-wide program. A. To stimulate protection, preparedness, and control in emergencies in order to minimize the effects of overt or covert attack, including dispersal of facilities and B, to establish shelter manager organizations, including safety and service personnel, shelter manager service, first aid, police, and evacuation service. And again, that was to number 11, which is facility, facilities protection and building and shelter manager services. Section 2003, very short. Defense Production, the Administrator of General Services, shall assist the Office of Emergency Preparedness in the formulation of plans and programs relating to the certification of procurement programs, subsidy payments, and plant improvement programs provided by, or excuse me, provided for by the Defense Production Act of 1950 as amended. And Section 2004, Strategic and Critical Materials Stockpiles. The Administrator of General Services shall assist the Office of Emergency Preparedness in formulating plans, programs, and reports relating to the stockpiling of strategic and critical materials within these plans and programs. The Administrator shall provide for the procurement. For this purpose, procurement includes upgrading, rotation, and beneficiation, storage, security, maintenance, inspection, withdrawal, and deposit, and disposal of materials, supplies, and equipment. Yes. And that's where we're going to stop because now we are at part 21, which goes to Interstate Commerce Commission. We're going to leave that for the next episode. On the next episode. <laughs> anyway, going on to our long term generational wealth, our economic patterns of the elite. Now, we always have our disclaimer we are not licensed financial advisors. We are not licensed attorneys. We are not licensed asset protection specialists. We are not licensed tax accountants. We are not licensed tax attorneys. So if you have anything that has to do with those areas of expertise and you need help with your finances or with your actual property of what you do have in your possession that could be under, that is, is under threat, whether you know it or not, is best meant for those professionals, okay? We here can talk about precious metals. You don't need to be licensed for that. It's one of the things we do go in detail about sometimes. But we also talk about other things where you don't need to be licensed for it, such as the concept of long-term generational wealth and what we pick and choose for what's best for people to actually invest well. So with that being said... Well, we do recommend as an investment tool actually is used to help save and invest for the long term. Now, this is only beneficial in the United States. I do not know for 
any specific instance whether this works in other countries, but there probably is similar ways to it. What we have is what's called an IRA, which is an individual retirement account. Okay, now what's so what is so special about an IRA? Well, an IRA is used can be used more so beneficially for you on all levels, more so than a 401k. So a 401k is actually really bad for you. It doesn't actually help you. It doesn't bill anything for you. It's actually an excuse for people to believe that they're actually increasing their wealth. The only reason you would really need one is if you needed to diversify your funds so you can use debt in a different form that has a limited time on it. I don't recommend 401ks because of the 2008, the 2007, 2008, 2009 market crash. That was the whole reason why they crashed, just because people believed too much in, in a fallacy, which is why people still believe in fallacies. <laughs> but with that being said, IRAs are good for holding real precious metals, not holding GLD stock or GLD ETF. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean, you can definitely invest in that. But if you really actually want something to have to back up your actual self on a long-term basis to actually offset against economic depression, okay, recommendation is 30% of your total assets, of your total income, of your total portfolio. Total everything in that portfolio. That's recommended. Now, everybody's different, but this is just a recommendation as a level so that way it, people don't go super greedy because here's the reality. If everyone were to have a piece of gold in the world, out of all the gold that's in the world right now as far as what we know, you would only have one a one one hundredth of a piece of gold. That's a tiny fraction of gold that you would have if everybody in the world had a piece of gold. To put in perspective, gold can be held in four Olympic pools. That's how much gold is in the world. As far as we have right now. As far as we know. But here's the cool thing about Precious metals such as gold, silver, platinum, palladium, mainly gold and silver is what's used, is a tool that, as the physical precious metal, can be put into an IRA. Okay, you want a self-directed IRA because if you go with a Roth, it's not going to work out the way you can do this. Now, this is not tax advice, but for a tax advantage... You are able to take your precious metals, where you can transfer them into, so the precious metals that you purchased, you can transfer them into your IRA. Now, it depends on who you go to about this. Some will have no startup fees, no storage fees, no. They won't have any fees for you to get on board with the program. Some will. Look for the ones that give you that freebie right away. 
But the cool part about this is that you hold them to invest for the long term. The reason behind that is simple. You can take the precious metals out before you turn of age what is deemed the applicable age of the IRA, which is, if I'm not mistaken, 59 and a half. Now you take that out, you have to pay some tax and penalties, which are fees. Now you're thinking, why would I want to do that if I'm going to be paying taxes and penalties? Well, here's the cool part. There's only specific coins that can go into an IRA that is set and regulated by the IRS. The reason behind this is because you're not putting really bullion. There's a diff there's diff between different types of precious metals. There's bullion, mint, and proof. Okay, proof coins. Excuse me. Bullion coins are when you if you see gold XAU USD. When you see that trading as well as silver, which is uh, XAU. Um, yeah trying to remember both of them, but there's gold and silver that trades on the foreign exchange market as well as the stock market. When you see those, the bullion trades based off that number. So you see when it, then the numbers trade off GLD and SLV, when they trade based off that, that's bullion. That's what that type of precious metal means. Now, when it means it's mint, it means you actually have more value to that. It actually has more premium value, meaning you get more money when you actually go to sell it later whereas when it's a proof coin it's got that shiny effect you know it's that mirror effect that you can see yourself in the mint effect it doesn't have that shiny effect because it's graded meaning they change it down to where it goes into the currency of circulation and you can go ahead and buy and resell that and here's the cool thing when you take them out of the ira you're able to then go ahead yeah, pay those taxes and penalties, but then you make your money back plus some by getting an additional 10 to 40%. I mean, it's dependent upon the coin that you, the coins that you've acquired, but an additional 10 to 40% is what you're able to make after taking that out and reselling it. That is saving and investing for the long term. That is... It's how you make money in precious metals. Okay, you can also make precious metals when you just hold on to them yourself. You can just buy them yourself. That's what, that's one of the ways I've done it, where I just bought the bullion. I waited. I actually, uh, what's it? I, I made uh, 30 on my investment. So I bought a little under... $750, so it was like $730, $735, or yeah, $730, $735 worth of silver bullion. And then I got uh, 1033 or it was like, like $1,034. So I made like roughly a 30, 35% increase based upon that when I bought the silver and then sold it. I wasn't planning on doing that, you know, I had in my own position, I had to do that, <laughs> but that's the point. You hold and save it. So in the long term, you make more profit off it. So that way as well, 
when the economy does tank and the dollar does deflate into nothingness, goes bye-bye, then you have those to liquidate. So with that being said, here's what we want to let you know. That our stock pick for Vanguard, uh, it was at $11.84 a share three weeks ago. Our, it was the Vanguard High Yield Tax Exempt, stock symbol VWAHX. It was at $11.84 a share, and now it's at $11.75 a share. Okay, the reason why I went down $0.09 cents is because of the long way up for profit. Okay, it's doing the same thing just like Invesco Oppenheimer. Okay, it went down a little bit, not by much, because what it's doing is it's going on an incline the long way, meaning that it takes about two to, two to four weeks on average to go to the next level. That's a, that's a minimum. A maximum could ever be about three months. Six months is really, really pushing it. But usually you're looking at between two to four weeks to up to three months of when that stock increases because of the long way it moves on the economic pattern. Now, with that being said, I want to go ahead and quote Paul Kiernan, who's a Wall Street Journal reporter, stated on August 27th of 2020, said, Another $75 billion was made available to buy up to $600 billion in bank loans to small and medium-sized businesses. But that tool, dubbed the Main Street Lending Program, has used just $472 million. Okay, I'm going to read that one part. Another $75 billion was made available to buy up to $600 billion in bank loans to small and medium-sized businesses. You know what that means? That means that's a total hijack on the wealth of the world. A complete and total hijack. And I called this out when this shutdown occurred. And people didn't believe it. And now when they bring out this news, now they believe it. They're like, oh, yeah, no, it happens to you. Oh, really? Huh. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Because people don't research. They don't study. They think, oh, what I know now is what I know now. And then we'll see what happens in the future and go for it. Eh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. See how that works out for you. I tried that route. It doesn't work. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. According to CFS Divisia data, the three best profitable institutions... Profitable institutions over a one-year period are treasury bills, commercial bank savings deposits, sweeps adjusted. Okay, sweeps adjusted means that it's an investment into the financial market. Okay, so it, it doesn't mean just commercial bank savings deposits. It's it's an investment. It's an investment version of the commercial bank savings deposits. It's not actually putting your money into a savings deposit. It's the invested part of the sweeps. That's what sweeps adjusted is. It's an investing side. Okay. And demand deposits sweeps adjusted. Okay. Now, what a demand deposit is, is a checking account. That's what that is. Okay. So the investments of them are the best, are those best three. 
for the big boy investors. The ones that got the big boy pants on. <laughs> so yes, those are the three that are always out improved. They didn't add gold in there. They focus on the financial data, the statistics of monetary itself, monetary, because they connect to the monetary system of what's used in current circulation of currency. So that's what their focus is on. But it's not to say that they don't look at gold. They do talk about it. But of course, we're going to give a free book. Our next book is called Dope, Inc. Boston Bankers and Soviet Commissars by Jeffrey Steinberg. Okay, this person really, really opened a can of worms on the illustrious council. This one really gets into the drug industry on them. <laughs> really unveils what it's all about and all that good stuff. But with that being said, everyone, we do appreciate you staying in listening so much. We, we love it. We want to hear from you and what you really think about, on a factual standpoint, of course, not just saying like, oh yeah, I think this is cool because of this, 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 and because I did this and that. You now it's great what you did and what you may think and everything, but you know, if you don't have the facts with it, it doesn't work out. But with that being said, we appreciate everyone that brings their thoughts and information forward. We do. But a lot of times people don't have any discernment. They don't have any any rational judgment. They go based off their own bias thinking and not based off of what is this actually in reality? How do I interpret interpret this that's not in my basis, but what is reality? And so that's why here at Truth and Love, we believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior who died on the cross, rose from the dead, Yeshua HaMashiach, shed his blood once and for all, so that everyone could have real free eternal life by accepting him. If you don't, then you're going to accept the mark, have everything controlled and taken from you by Satan, the Antichrist. But we're not here to force our faith and beliefs upon anybody. We are here to present our facts with the emotional stories of people coming forward, as well as everything the illustrious council that's are the Satan of are the seed of Satan to control and hurt the world. So that being said, peace out everyone.